Fast Casual Executive Summit in Louisville, Kentucky, home of whiskey, bourbon, and rye, and everything else. It's the Hospitality Hangout, featuring the restaurant guy and the finance guy. Jimmy, take it away. Yes, I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for this special edition of the Hospitality Hangout, a hospitality-focused podcast where the founders at Branded share their insight and bring technology and innovation leaders that are making things happen in the industry we love. My name is Jimmy Frischling, otherwise known as the Finance Guy, and now I will formally introduce my partner, Mr. Michael Schatzberg, also known as the Restaurant Guy. And thanks for that introduction, Jimmy. And to those listening, feel free to call me Shatsy. Together, we are the personalities behind Branded Hospitality Ventures. We work at the intersection of hospitality, technology, innovation, capital, and, of course, delicious restaurants. And let me tell you, we've got a great, great episode, Jimmy. I'm cut. Jimmy, I got to tell you, I'm missing you again. I'm in Louisville, yes. Kentucky. Jimmy, nobody loves bourbon yes. more than you. You are the king of Kentucky, bourbon. Kentucky water. Kentucky water. I am, I am having, I'm missing. Kentucky water. I cannot believe yes. you're not here. Last night, we went on a bourbon tour. I was drinking brown spirits all day, all night. They put it in their cereal, Jimmy. They drink it yes. at lunch. It's not ice. Put it on pancakes. You- it's not iced tea, Jim. You think it's iced tea because it's br- it's not. It's br- they're drinking not. bourbon. It's not iced tea, man. At lunch, it's crazy. they still anyway, use it to help put babies to bed. A little bourbon on the lips. A little bourbon on the lips. Oh, I got to tell you, it is great being here in Louis. And we ate some crazy hot browns yesterday. I mean, we got some good food, good booze. We got a great show, Jimmy. I got to tell you, let's kick it off with our first guest, Mister Troy Hooper. CEO of Hot Palette America, and you're going to say, what is Hot Palette America? Well, guess what, everybody? We're going to find out real soon. Troy, tell us a little about yourself, man. Awesome to be here, guys. Thanks, Chatsy. Thanks, Jimmy. Great to see you guys again, as always. Great voice. Jimmy, listen to that voice. Smooth. Silky smooth. Smooth like is that Sinatra? This or is, is a, it Troy? <laughs> this is the closest I'm going to get to being on a, on a real New York style radio show. I love it. Oh boy! Yes, yes, yes. Listen, Troy, we got a lot to get into. Before we dive in, we like to find out how our guests came to their position. So take us back. Let's go to 1994, Florida Atlantic, Florida International University, FIU. He's a man of many languages, many countries. It's 94. He's in Florida. And he's saying to himself, should I be a professional golfer or should I go into the restaurant business? What happened to golf? Did you hurt your arm? Did you, was it the putting? What was it that got you into the restaurant? Tell us everything. I never played <laughs> golf. I'm not in the golf game whatsoever, even though I... Is that breaking news? Is that breaking news? <laughs> <laughs> even though I've run golf courses... And golf. We knew there was something about golf in your history. Reluctantly on the green. No, I, you know, I went to FIU, their business school there after going to culinary school, came up through an entrepreneurial family, grew up on the construction side of restaurants, bars and nightclubs in Miami. My dad had a couple of construction companies and I literally grew up building restaurants, bars and nightclubs. And just, it just was in my blood from day one. Dad loved to throw a good party. I love to do the catering piece of it. And, and the rest is history. I've been in hospitality for the majority of 31 years. Wow. Wow. 
I got that. I like that. Shats, I never know where you're really going when you do the intros. I don't know if you're going to get the years right. I watch our guests to see if, if you're close. You went with playing golf, whereas uh, I don't know our where friend I'm going. Troy, you know that, right? Yes. Our friend Troy actually uh, helped, you know, run, run the, the F&B facility of golf. I, I was like, I was I like, I have no Florida, idea where he's going. You know, I, I mean, yep. If you go to Florida, any university of Florida, you got you to be a professional golfer. <laughs> yes. I was like, watching I Troy and I'm like, all right, he might be close. And I'm like, nope, he's way off. All right, listen. But I love your banter, Shats. Golf, yes. come on. Build, building restaurants, play. Yes, yeah, yeah. Same. Uh, two sides of a completely different coin. Yes. All right. Listen, I love that I get to do. I believe some breaking news, at least for the podcast. After just after ten weeks of offering a new franchise partnership, I understand, Troy. And congratulations are in order. You just signed a ten-unit deal in Arizona. This marks the first multi-unit agreement in the U.S. in the new era of franchising for Pepper Lunch. I say that with enthusiasm. What can you tell us, Troy? Yeah, super, super excited. You know, I came on to Pepper Lunch in February. Both my company, Kiwi Restaurant Partners, as the outsourced infrastructure developer and manager of the franchise business. And I'm on the brand side. So we wear two hats and the team collectively covers both sides of the business. So I'm the CEO of the brand, the holding company in North America, the co-CEO globally of the brand. And, you know, we're doing amazing things internally, building out the systems and processes, uh, modernizing the brand globally. But at the same time, you know, we have to grow. And, And so we've been aggressively seeking these high-value partnerships that are specifically multi-unit operators with multi-unit and multi-brand experience. And you know we've had the good fortune of attracting the right kind of partners. And so Arizona is the first one to fall. We've got 10 stores in five years. And you know unlike some traditional concepts in franchising, we're, we're pretty aggressive. We, we actually require all of our fees up front. So when we say we've sold 10 stores, those are committed. Those are paid for. Those are on a schedule and they're going to open. As a matter of fact, our folks in Arizona are so excited. I was there yesterday. I'm actually late showing up. I didn't get to do this bourbon or this food tour tasting with Rev or anybody because I literally just got off a plane uh, late last night. I was in Phoenix all day yesterday celebrating with those guys, getting them onboarded, taking a tour of the city, seeing where we're going to start building stores. These guys are going to put three stores up in less than two years, most likely. So they're getting off the ground hot. And I thank you for breaking the news. This is breaking news. We just started breaking news, baby. Late yesterday. Breaking news. So let me just ask it before we jump on. So hot palate. Tell me the hot palate. Give me hot palate and it's pepper lunch. Give me yeah. the, the difference. Now you got kiwi. What's kiwi? You got yeah. hot palate. We got pepper. We got we lot, don't want to confuse a lot of the vegetables. World. There's a lot of things, spices, a lot of things going on here. Let's get it all clear. Let's clear don't the Don't make air. me laugh, Shatsy. Jimmy is confused right now. <laughs> Jimmy doesn't know what's going on. Look at him. <laughs> Jimmy understands this. He's the money guy, right? This is the difference. I understand, so I understand The finance this. guy understands. We have a holding company. Hot Palate America is the holding company yes. in North America. Pepper Lunch is its first acquisition and, and brand it, it, under the umbrella of Hot Palette. It will not be the last. That's why we have in America, that structure. But Pepper Lunch and globally, is not. But where's Pepper globally, Lunch? Yeah. So Pepper Lunch is in 15 countries. Yeah. How We've many stores? We've got 513 stores. As Jimmy, did you hear first. that? Five 513 stores. 5,000 stores. 513. Yeah. Yes. 513. You heard it correctly. We're building, <laughs> we're building five a month. We're opening five a month uh, on, on our Typical cadence is five a month, and that's mostly in Asia. We're in every Asian nation except for Mongolia, and we're going there. Including Mongolia this, is a huge market for it's lunch. A, it's they an emerging love lunch market. in Mongolia. It's Jimmy. coming. It's got some cities, actually. Believe it or not, yeah. it's coming, baby. Uh, but so we're this also is a brand. Where was it based? Yeah, Tokyo. Founded in Tokyo so in nineteen ninety four. So if I'm in Tokyo, Pepper Lunch is two hundred of them. Everyone knows second largest lunch. brand in Japan. It's like McDonald's. 
It's bigger than McDonald's. Bigger than McDonald's, Jimmy. So there you go, Jimmy. So they're just so now Troy is bringing that brand to America. Yeah. So we did a proof of concept. We had one franchisee open five stores across three states. He did that in under three years, about five and a half years ago. So we have five and a half to about four years of experience in three states. We're also in Guam. We're opening a second store in Guam. We're also in Vancouver, Canada. As far as Western markets, we also have 11 stores in Australia. So, you know, the other interesting thing about this is we own 24% of our uh, stores. We ha- we own 126 of our own corporate stores right. in three countries. So, you know, a well-established brand of 30 years on a constant growth trajectory, really saw an opportunity in the United States, hadn't really figured out how to get it off the ground. They called Kiwi. That's my consulting practice. They called Kiwi Restaurant Partners. Myself and Mark and our team at Kiwi were asked to help develop the franchise business bring all of our friends and resources and tools, just like Branded does, right? If I asked you for help, you have a plethora of companies that you know what they do well and who's best in class. And so we brought that group to the table, started building the internal business for them here in the United States late last year, early this year. And in February, they asked me if I would come on board in the executive suite and help lead the company here in North America and help also export what we're doing and what we know and what we're learning about here in the U.S. for the brand externally to the rest of the world. So to help really upskill and modernize the brand as a 30-year-old brand, certainly there's always an opportunity to uh, bring fresh. Can you, I think it's super- can you share color for our listeners? What kind of contract did you get as the CEO? Can we talk, <laughs> how much are they paying you? So three-year contract. Yeah, Jimmy, a, we're getting into it now. With Jimmy, a one-year, yeah, but here's the fun part. One year honeymoon period. So you need to ask me yes. at the stroke of midnight on yes. New Year's, this coming New Year's, yes. whether I'm still doing this or not. Write that <laughs> down, Chats, and use the calendar. I'm marking Text the calendar. Troy Listen, after the ball Text falls, Troy after the ball Times falls. Square, do you still have a job? Yes. Right. Troy, listen, I, I, I am I get to I am the finance guy and while I'm not down at Fast Casual, I drew the short straw. Shatsy got that one. I, I do know you'll be doing a session later today on the smart stack. And again, getting into the weeds, you know, your marketing programs, your menu innovation, how to run your books. It's all about efficiencies. And I love that you created the financial smart stack to keep operations running in the back of house. As I like to tell our listeners, I'm not a golfer, but I understand the sport. Okay. I didn't I we didn't go to Florida, so Shatz never accuses me of being a golfer, but you drive you, you drive for show and you putt for dough. Back of house is where it's all at. What can you tell our listeners about the financial smart stack and that keeps you know keeps operators focused on the you know on the on the back of house and and, and, and also on the front of house? What can you share? Well, I hope everybody's in session and not listening because I'm just gonna give it to you the same as I'm gonna give it on stage. We are the only three while. people listening. <laughs> No, I think Zach's in there uh, with it in his earbud. Hey, everybody. Shatsy Restaurant Guy here, and I want to talk to you about point-of-sale systems. Touch Bistro. It's the all-in-one point-of-sale and restaurant management system. That's right. It's an entire restaurant management system that makes restaurants easier to run. It makes it easier. It basically runs by itself. You use Touch Bistro and basically... The restaurant runs by itself. It provides the most essential front of house and back of house and guest engagement solutions on one super duper powerful platform. Touch Bistro helps restaurateurs streamline and simplify their operations, allowing them to spend less time manually connecting the dots and more time connecting with guests and growing their business. That's right. You will grow your business 
50 to 60 to 70, maybe even double by using Touch Bistro. And that's a fact. That's a fact. It's built to meet the unique needs of the restaurant industry. Touch Bistro, it's fast, it's reliable, super easy to use, and it has all the features that restaurateurs need to increase sales and deliver a great guest experience, and and you save both time and money. So listen, go visit touchbistro.com and learn more right now. That's touchbistro.com and you will find the greatest point-of-sale experience you've ever had. Or or you can email me at podcast at brandonstrategic.com, and I will personally connect you. I will fly with you to their headquarters. I think they're in Canada. I will fly with you to Canada and introduce you to the entire Touch Bistro team because that's what they like. That's how we do it. Touchbistro.com. Hi, Zach. There we go. Listen, what, what I'm going to say is, you know, everybody in the world can give you a list of companies to work with. Branded has a tremendous list of technology partners, right? It's less about the logos. It's more about the implementation. Did you get the stakeholders that have to use and hopefully will benefit from whatever software, whatever partnership you sign? Did you get them involved in the early stages? Are your employees on board? Is your leadership on board? Do they understand why you're bringing this technology or process into play? Why does this SOP matter? Who helped design it? Who put it together? And then implementation. So it really starts with the the demos and, and the consideration phase and the sales phase of, hey, I think there's a tool out there that will help us be more efficient, improve our operations, save us time, save us money, make your job easier. Doesn't that sound great? I need you to help me pick the right solution. So get stakeholders involved very early. More importantly, or even as importantly, and one of the areas we see the biggest failure is in implementation. You have to think through implementation. Most people are using less than 10% of the software to its capability. Most features aren't being implemented. Most things are being kind of used for a week or two weeks or two months and then kind of being forgotten. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so not, it's like onboarding, right? It's like, you spend all that time trying to find the right candidate, getting your team involved in, in the interview process, and then you hire them and you kind of like, all right, follow Chatsy around for a week, right? That so, would be a terrible idea. It's <laughs> 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 the last thing that you would want to do. Uh, yes. What hey, not to do, I hire and follow the, Chatsy. I can, I can throw yes. a swing every now and then too, so there you go. I appreciate but, it. But Troy, uh, actually, what I – You know, oh, sorry, you know it's implementation, and, and then it's really about systems. You, you have to systematize whatever that – new process, new technology is, et cetera. So, you know, we've been a partner of Restaurant 365 for, I think, 14 years or so now. Basically, I think within their first two or three years, we became partners with Restaurant 365 and and they've only gotten bigger and better and more valuable to the restaurant industry, bringing us more tools. So we sort of start with what is the right operating system POS for this brand at this time at this scale? And then we bring in the partners that we know like Restaurant 365 from the financial and reporting perspective. But then does that tie into what? What other inputs can that correlate information from? So that's how we think about it. I love it. And, and I'm so appreciative that you highlighted the the criticality of technologists working closely with the operators. I, I can't emphasize enough. If you don't get that right, the friction will overwhelm and the efficiency and the utilization will be perfunctory. I tell you, perfunctory. But listen, Shats and I could talk all day and sometimes Shats accuse me of- Perfunctory, Jimmy. 
That's for another day, another time. I was going to go back to a plethora. I was going to ask you to spell plethora. Do you have a plethora of sweaters, El Jefe? Anyway. Three amigos, right, Jimbo? There you go. Three amigos, baby. Listen, Shatz and I. I am not as educated as you. (laughs) We love to have guests, our friends, come on and talk shop. But we learned along the way that sometimes our friends and guests have questions for us. So let's do a little talking back. Troy, we'll give you the mic. Nothing's off the table. And as I say, the microphone is yours. Something's off the table, but not, not much. Yeah. Well, first of all, in Louisville, as I've just learned to say it correctly. I said it wrong last night. You were yelling at me. Jimmy, my first question is, what's the bourbon I'm ordering at the bar this afternoon? That's what I need to know. Oh, boy. Wow. I'll give you my answer right now, but I got to tell you, I'm I'm going to be loyal to. He wants to know what to order today. I, I, what I, I said, I'll give you the answer, but I know I'm going to be a little bit controversial, but you know what? Maybe not because I'm sitting in New York. My favorite bourbon is Kings County. My favorite bourbon is a New York distillery. And I'm sorry to say, David Nichols. No, you're not going to get that in Louisville. In fact, if you order it, you may end up getting it. We were drinking drinking Weller. Weller is great. Weller. Weller is great. We were drinking Michter's last night. And I was drinking, what was the other one? It was Weller, Michter's. Oh, I, I, and I got to tell you, we were drinking a bullet, but not like a normal. It was like some single barrel black label bullet, nice. you know? Nice. Satchi, the more, the more brand names you're dropping, the more I understand why your eyes are so red. I understand. <laughs> was, I understand. Yeah. wearing a hat so you can't I got it, Jimmy. I'm telling you, they drink it here like, like it's like it's water. Like it's Kentucky water? Like it's Kentucky water. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> But let's jump into the spices right, Jimbo. We had a lot of fun at FS Tech doing a yes. riff on the, the prices right. Let's do uh let's do spices right fast casual executive summit edition, okay? I like You're it. You're ready, Troy. I'm ready. Everyone knows how to play the prices right. You, you know, I'm gonna give you an item. You're gonna bid on what you think it costs. You can't go over prices right rules are in effect. And we're going to tie it into some restaurants because we got, yeah, Jimmy was a bartender and Lord knows he likes to eat out. Troy, you are a restaurant guy. You were building restaurants before you, after you were a professional golfer for a couple of years, <laughs> um, uh, which is great. All right. So let's go. Here we go. We are going to talk about Arby's. Who doesn't like Arby's? Uh, Jimmy, what's the tagline for Arby's? We've got the meats. We we got the meats or we oh, what is it? Yeah, I think we got the meats. We got the meats. I like it, Jimbo. Yeah, what am I questioning? He knows. Okay. Wait, did I get? Did I win this place? Is right? Was that it? Did I win? That's it. Can you? (laughs) Oh no. Okay, we're gonna classic cheesesteak combo meal. The classic cheesesteak combo meal. This is New York City now, Troy. We're not talking Arizona. Okay. Okay. Classic cheeseburger, crinkle, crinkle fries, and a Dr Pepper. In New York City, Jimmy, in New York City, what is your best guess, Troy, in dollars and cents on that Arby's combo meal? Can't go over. Mm-mm, can't go over. Fifteen thirty-five. Fifteen thirty-five, Jimmy. Would you care to make oh. your guess? I, I, if that's the price in New York City, I got to tell you, I, no wonder people. Are, I don't know. No, I'm just saying if he's right. No wonder people are leaving New York City, going to Florida. Right. I'm going under. I'm going to go. I'm going to go eleven ninety-five. Eh, eh, eh. What does that sound mean, producer? Oh, everyone has gone over. Oh, everyone wow. has gone over. over. Jeez. Oh, man. I could have no just way. gone with a penny. What's the price? All right. <laughs> Troy, you went over. 1553 is not the right answer. Jimmy, you were 1199. Yes. Something like that. No, both over. Give me another guess, Troy. 
Wow. I can't believe it's under $11. Okay. That is a bargain. $10.50. I mean, is there any meat on that sandwich? I'm going under. I'm going, I'm going at $7.95. Jimmy went really low. Well, the actual <laughs> correct answer, Troy, you are the winner. It's $11.59. Troy, Wait, I was game. I was 40 cents off and you're shaming me? I was 40 cents off of my guest and you were shaming me? You know, so anyway, so Troy's the big winner. What does Troy oh. win? Troy gets an all sandwich trip for the family to Arby's in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Unbelievable. <laughs> and a little fun fact, Rob Lynch, the CEO of Papa John's, the current CEO of Papa John's, he came up with We Got the Meats when he was the CMO at Arby's. Fun little fact that our producer just dropped in. So thank you fun to, fact. Uh, to Julie for giving us that little nugget of information. Jimbo? I think you – yes, I'm going to go to the crystal ball moment, but now without mentioning that while I was over, you made me feel like I was uh, – you shamed me. I was 40 cents off. I was pretty good. All right, listen. Crystal Price ball is moment. Right. is brutal, Jimmy. Yes. When you go over, it's brutal. you get shamed. in New York. Come to California, man. Yes. They Back <laughs> in the box, fried chicken sandwich combo, seventeen fifty. Well, not for nothing. Yes. Yes, $11 a gallon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, our crystal seven. ball moment, our opportunity, our opportunity to ask you, Troy, to put on your Kresker Miss Cleo hat, predicting the future, the future. When we come back to Fast Casual, just two years from now, how do you see restaurants and dining in relationship to hospitality and tech? Two years is not a long time, but things are moving at a blazing speed. So what do you think we're going to be talking about two years from now? Yeah, I think AI is going to be even bigger in the restaurant business. You know, traditionally, we're pretty slow to take up technology, but I think the natural integration of AI tools within the existing tech stack. So we're seeing existing tech partners build AI tools into the system. So I think data for the average restaurateur is going to be far more accessible. I've seen things from groups like ClearCogs with ChatGPT built in where you can ask a question and you can get instant insights into your inventory and prep necessities as far as volumes and trends and future forecasting. I think we're going to see that across other partners. I know Restaurant 365 is working on that. So when there's a aggregation of a ton of data inside of a tool and you can use an AI, you know, partnership within that, some simple, simple, useful feature of AI where you can ask a question and get that complicated, unique answer to you as the restaurateur. You know, how many blueberries do What I- do I want for dinner tonight? Well, and it knows, that. right? There's I love that. that. Jimmy, yeah. you know I love that. You know I love that. Jimmy. You love that. Hey, you love uh, that. Fun they, fact, just they should know. If you're in Los Angeles, California, and you ask Snapchat's AI engine, it has an AI engine in Snapchat now, if you're in Los Angeles and you ask Snapchat, what should I have for lunch or dinner? Mm-hmm. It will recommend pepper lunch. Really? So how does your restaurant stack up in Snapchat? Does Snapchat's AI engine recommend your restaurant out no. there, restaurateurs? No. Figure smart. out how that. Wicked smart. What is Troy? Troy must have hacked into chat. No, nope. it's a natural. Huh? It was a natural occurrence. I'll tell you uh, what. I don't know, Troy. We're going to have to check into that. I'm going to have my my tech team and engineers dig into this because I think something's wrong. All right, listen. That, I, I love it. I agree with you. AI. I just like saying AI. And I got to tell you, I am changing my name. Will I'm going to change my name to AI because I AI. think it's cool. 
What do you think, Jim? I'm changing mine to restaurant near me. Anyway, Chad, let's play. Got, hey, guys, <laughs> somebody, can you, Julia, Julia, can go you go on uh, GoDaddy right now? Yeah, exactly. Place, honestly, Chatsy AI. All right, listen, Troy, you got like a, like ten restaurants you got to build in less than two years, so you got to run. But before you go, branded quick fire, Kentucky edition. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. Five lightning round questions. Don't think too fast, okay? I mean, don't think too long. Think fast. Think fast. <laughs> All right, five, five lightning round. Five questions. Here we go. Favorite Kentucky bourbon. Is it Jim Beam? Is it Woodford? Angels Envy or Knob Creek? Or something of your or something else? No, I'll go with that. I'll go with Woodford. Like it. Classic. Favorite Kentucky-born celebrity. Is it Mr. George Handsome Clooney? Johnny, also good-looking, Depp. Diane Sawyer. Ashley Judd. Oh, Ashley Judd, all the way. Ashley Judd. Do you visit Kentucky for the Derby or the Bourbon Trail? You can do both. So come to the Derby <laughs> and drink the bourbon on, on the field. <laughs> come to the Derby Great and answer. Drink the bourbon. I like that. True or false? The Hatfields and McCoys were all from Kentucky. False. That is correct. The Hatfields come from West Virginia while the McCoys come from Kentucky. Jimmy didn't know that. Jimmy I did not know that. Flintstones. When it was the Hat Rocks and the uh, the Hat Rocks and like the, the McBoulders or something. Fun fact, yeah. through marriage, I'm actually distantly related to the Hatfields. There's a Hatfield in our family. Yeah, I sensed I Hatfield in our in our midst, Jimmy. I knew <laughs> it. You and I like Hatfields and McCoys. You're a Hatfield. I'm a McCoy. Right, here's where things get a little, little tricky. The big Jimmy Shatsy challenge. If you were to challenge Jimmy or I to a horse race at the famous Churchill Downs. Jimmy's on a horse. I'm on a horse. You're on a horse. Who do you have better odds of beating on the horse race? Jimmy's a jockey. Jimmy and I together weigh four times your weight, so you win because you're just lighter. I agree. I can, yeah. I, you know, I want. I don't to be know if you're still on the horse and yes. you're still facing forward when you cross yeah. the finish line. I always want to. Yeah, be. I, yeah. You always want to be an architect. Yeah, it's an architect. I always wanted to be an architect. <laughs> All right, listen, Troy. This was amazing. I know you got a lot of work to do. We really appreciate you spending some time with us on the Hangout. This was great fun. We're going to have a great day today at Louisville. And, Jimmy, we are all going to raise our glasses with some Woodford and toast you later. I appreciate that. Troy, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us, my friend. We appreciate you. Jimmy Shatsy, always great. Thanks for having me, guys. Touch Bistro is an all-in-one POS and restaurant management system that makes running a restaurant super, super easy. Providing the most essential front of house, back of house, and guest engagement solutions on one powerful platform. Touch Bistro helps restaurateurs streamline and simplify their operations, allowing them to spend less time manually connecting the dots and more time connecting with guests and growing their business. Built to meet the unique needs of the restaurant industry, Touch Bistro is fast, reliable, and easy to use and has all of the features restaurateurs need to increase sales and deliver a great guest experience. Save both time and money with Touch Bistro. To find out more about Touch Bistro and how incredible a point-of-sale solution this is, go to touchbistro.com. That's touchbistro.com and learn more. Or, or if you would like, Shatsy, the restaurant guy, connect you. We'll connect you directly 
to the CEO of Touch Bistro. You email me at podcast at brandstrategic.com and Shatsy will make a direct connection to the CEO so you get the hand-holding you need to make the best point-of-sale decision you've ever made. That's touchbistro.com. I got to tell you, Jimmy Troy is doing some crazy stuff. Did you know how many restaurants they had? I had no idea making things happen. I got to tell you, he's gonna. there's going to be a lot of pepper lunches coming into the States. Yeah, I can't wait. I was wait. talking to him last week, and I mean, we had a good laugh because he's like – He's like, I got about a billion and a half in funding. I think I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to be raising money for uh, for Troy. I got you. I, so we just got a lot to get to the Fast Casual Summit here in Louisville, Kentucky. Drinking a lot of, what are we calling it? What is this? What is it called? Kentucky water. We call it yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky water. water. Drinking a lot of Kentucky water. We are really, we got a great guest here, Alicia Flores, CEO of L&L Hawaiian Barbecue. And I got to tell you, we are loving this because we're going to learn a lot about L&L Hawaiian Barbecue. Alicia, <clears throat> thanks so much for joining us. Before we dig in, we'd like to find out how our guests came to their current position. And despite this family being a family business, a family business, you have a full circle story. Back in June 2003, you worked as a marketing intern at L&L Hawaiian Barbecue. 20, Jimmy, 20 years ago. Am I math correct on that, Jimmy? Shatsy, I'm shocked. It's- you it's, got that correct. 20 years ago, right? Yes, I mean, 20 years. You, gra- once you And you graduated from the intern status you held, various roles in finance at NBC Universal, GE Energy, before heading back to LNL, where you are now the CEO. Tell us this story. It's amazing. And then we got to dive into about L&L. Yeah, no, yes, yes. Thank you so much for having me. Aloha. I appreciate the research you've done. No, so, you know, I ended up at Elmhill, quite frankly, because I was born yeah. into it. Um, my dad, Eddie Flores, and his business partner, Johnson Cam, are the co-founders. Um, and they, you know, the company was created before I was born, so I consider it a sibling of mine. But like you said, you know, my first job actually was as a cashier at one of our restaurants. How old? I was I don't know, maybe 15 years old. Did they pay you? They paid me. All right, just um, checking because our lawyers are here listening. They probably just underpaid sure. me. Okay, all right. But well, I mean, to be quite I frank, I think the statute of limitations is I was pretty terrible, so maybe they shouldn't have paid me. Have Great experience working in the restaurant. But, you know, as a family business, I didn't want to work for my dad my entire life. So I went, you know, I went to school on the mainland in California. I worked for GE for many years, like you said, mm-hmm. um, studying finance. And I really enjoyed it. And it wasn't until I was away maybe 15 years that I decided to come back home. I came back to LNL as a CFO and then about five years ago became the CEO, taking the role for my dad. I love it. I think this is awesome. So if I if I could take story. some liberties here, we like to say, Alicia, that, that while, you know, you could talk about yourself, but it's much more fun and we get to do a lot more bragging and boasting than anyone could ever do about themselves. So I'm going to take a moment to acknowledge a few bragging rights for LNL. And I have to say, our producers, and we did do a little bit of work, and I, it's super impressive to hear about the success of LNL. First of all, LNL has over 200 restaurants with locations worldwide. Boom. LNL is the most successful restaurant franchise to expand outside of Hawaii. Chatsy? Boom. Boom. Okay. 
rankings from Entrepreneur Magazine's America's Top Global Franchises, Restaurant and Institution Magazine's America's Top 400 Restaurant Chains, Restaurants Nation's News Top 50 Regional Powerhouse Chains, and Entrepreneur's Magazine Franchise 500. Bam, bam, boom, boom. What's the secret of your success? Because I got to tell you, that is an arsenal. Of, of things to be proud number of. Number one Asian franchise organization by and Entrepreneur Magazine. Jimmy, get your facts. Boom. <laughs> I, look at that. Boom. I love it. I would have been happy with what you had, making it better. How can I hire you guys as my hype people? This is awesome. Yeah, I love it. No, we are. Call me. <laughs> you know, it, it. You know, when my dad and and his business partner started the company, I don't think either of them expected to get to. We're at two twenty five now. They just, you know, my dad, quite frankly, bought the restaurant for his mom. They were all uh, immigrants to the United States, and they were just looking to make a better life for themselves. Mm -hmm. And the product, like so many restaurants, just was something that customers really craved. They had a tremendous work ethic, Mm -hmm. as did many of the people who joined the company in the restaurants. And they just expanded and expanded and then started franchising. And we grew and grew. And somehow we're at 225 now. And, and, you know, we've just been really lucky, but I think the core of that is, you know, the foundation our founders built of really having a family-based organization amongst ourselves in the office and our franchisees, and also just having a really delicious, craveable food product that customers keep demanding. I love it. I really do. And I got to tell you, when I think about uh, different cultures around the world and foods and music and things like that. I mean, Hawaii really just comes to mind. I mean, I got to tell you, I love when I'm out on the beach in the summer during the day, I play Hawaiian music. I just love it. It's soothing. It's happy. It's relaxing. It's just, I, I love it. So, I mean, you guys are a brand born out of Hawaii. Like you said, it's one of the, it's, it's the biggest brand to come out of Hawaii. How do you keep the culture? How do you keep the, 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 the whole feeling of Hawaii, which is so important to your brand? How do you keep that going as you expand outside of Hawaii? Yeah. So, you know, we are founded and headquartered in Hawaii and we always will be based there. All of our franchisees, they, they're required to come out to Hawaii for their training. So whether they had ties with Hawaii before or right. not, they at least come over for you know a couple you of weeks to. to experience the culture, experience the food. I go to at least a luau, beaches. right? At least a luau. Exactly. And so we, you know, we really, you know, think that's an important part of our brand because we try to be authentic. We're, you know, we're the original Hawaiian barbecue. We are authentic to Hawaii. That's really, you know, when you come to LNL, we want you to have the vibe of being on the beach, listening to that Hawaiian music, having a great time. So we want to make sure our franchisees understand that and can replicate that in their stores. I love it. That was amazing. That's really, I, I love that about the culture in Hawaii. It's just so important. No, thank you, Alicia. That was awesome. Listen, Chats and I love bringing guests on, bringing friends on and chatting away. We're not, we're not bashful about that, but we learned that sometimes our guests would like to ask questions of us. So let's kick off talking back. We welcome our guests to ask us demand, any questions. Demand you ask us questions. <laughs> we like to say nothing's off the table. Alicia, the microphone is yours. Oh, man, on the spot. Well, you know, it's, it's been really fun being here at the conference, and, and I love learning about what's going on in the industry, but you guys talk to a bunch of great folks, really smart restaurant people. What are you guys thinking about 2024? You think it's going to be a good year for restaurants? You think technology, labor, all those things are still going to be hot topics? It's a great question. I got to tell question. you, I, I have a theory about this, okay? And Jimmy, you know that I said this before anyone was reporting on this. You know it, because I said this to you a couple weeks ago. I said, everyone in America is taking Ozempic. 
and no one's going to want to eat anymore. And I said, no one's going to want to eat because everyone's on Ozempic. And then there was an article. I sent it to Jimmy a couple days ago. Walmart recorded, reported that they are seeing a drop in sales of like snack foods and things like oh that. Gosh. And they tracked it. They checked people that they, you know, anonymously, but they know how many people of the customers <laughs> are taking Ozempic. And they said they're tracking like their sales are like down 5% since Ozempic. So that, so 2024 would be very challenging if everyone keeps taking Ozempic. No one's going to want to eat anymore. Boom. I said it, Jimmy, you go now. I, I actually said to your answer, you were very early on this. You see, you actually said, is this going to impact certain food sales? Otherwise, I will say as a financial person, maybe we have to go long or longer big pharma and short, you know, certain types of uh, snack foods or restaurant companies. But to Alicia's question, I'll say the following. I think we've seen an explosion of front of house software and SaaS and B2B SaaS specifically. And I think as we're speaking to our, our subject matter experts, which are really the owners and operators of these hospitality venues, a lot of them are talking about the back of house now. And I think they're prepared to make the commitment. So I think we're going to see a lot of focus on innovation, which we define as where hardware meets software. I think we're going to see more of a connected kitchen. I think we're going to see more uh, focus on the rebuilding of kitchens and the right sizing, given what's going on in off-prem. But I think what that's going to be the big, to me, the big thing is the automation component and a lot of focus on the, the larger CapEx because it's a bigger spend back of house versus the software that you know dominates front of house. But I think that's going to dominate other than Chatsy's Osepic and Wagovi or whatever. Well, I don't know what it is. But away from that, I think we're going to see a lot of focus on the innovation side of the IoT of kitchen equip- equipment. But I think short term, Jimmy Osepic, <laughs> I'm telling you, Jimmy, you saw right. But Pepsi had rock rocket earnings. I just sent you. Pepsi was killing it. So maybe they're maybe they're you know. The Ozempic takers are still loving the, uh, you know, the Pepsi. Love the salt, salty and savory, salty yeah, and savory. Loving it. All right, listen, Jimmy. Jimmy, Alicia's got to go. She's got to run and open up like another two hundred locations in, Texas, <laughs> in Colorado. However, before she goes, before she goes, it wouldn't be a podcast without the spices, right? So let's jump into it. Everyone knows the prices, right? So we are going to take a little prices, right? Spices, right? Louisville edition, Louisville edition. Are you ready? Sure. Spice prices rules are in effect. You cannot go over. I'm going to ask oh, you man. the price of a certain item from Panera Bread. We all know Panera Bread. Jimmy, you love the soup at Panera Bread. Oh, bread bowl. Okay, here we go. Grilled cheese and tomato soup combo meal at Panera Bread in New York City. How much is a grilled cheese tomato soup combo Panera Bread in New York City in dollars and cents? What is your guess? So first of all, we don't have Panera in Hawaii, so I'm like going in the dark. Oh, so you're going truly, so truly flying blind. New knowledge. York City. Let me grilled guess. cheese. Grilled Jimmy, you have a picture of the grilled cheese? I don't have a picture of the grilled cheese, but Chad, I'm already to guess. Nice. I'm, I'm, already, I'm, already, ready, I'm already ready to guess. 835. Jimmy, 835 is Alicia's guess. I think it's a a solid, solid guess. I'm going 940. What is that? Both people have get both people over. Over. Over? I gotta tell you, Jimmy, it's not as expensive in New York City as you think. Alicia. Man, I'm I'm clearly dining at the wrong George. I gotta go hit Panera. Oh, showcase. Okay. 645. All right. 645, Jimbo. All right, I'm going 705. We have a winner. Ding, ding, ding. Mr. Jimmy Frischling, uh, the finance guy. Yeah. 799 
and he is the big showcase winner, and he wins a lifetime supply of grilled cheese and tomato soup, <laughs> courtesy of our friends from Panera Bread. Jimmy, take Alicia, it away. Let me just, yes, Alicia, let me just tell you that I, I know the price of right. If you go over, you you lose, and that, that is true. But in my book, especially without a Panera in, in Hawaii, you were the closest to the pin on the first guest. I, so I, want, to res- I want to respect. I want to respect. You were much closer. <laughs> well, I don't know. You yes. know I got to be honest. Did this seven ninety nine include tax? I don't think so. If we include tax, I would have to say you probably won. Right? Yeah. So we're going to give you yep. consolation. You get all the grilled cheese and tomato soup you can eat for half a year. Half <laughs> I'll a take year. it. <laughs> you supply, you get a half a year They'll supply. send it over yeah. to Hawaii we for We send me? it over to Hawaii. Federal <laughs> Express. Okay. Shatsy, we got to go do some due diligence on LNL. I think that my one realization of this podcast with this new bonding and friendship we now have with Alicia is we got to go do some, some di- di- due dilly on LNL. Yeah, like you really need to, di- you, need to, you need to give me an excuse to go to Hawaii, Jimmy. Yes, yes. You know, we need to get over to Hawaii. I eloped in Hawaii, so I have a special affinity. Kona. I eloped on the island. Kona is the island of Kona? Kona is, is the city. The city in. On the Hawaii island. In the Hawaii, yeah. yeah. You see how much I know about it, Jimmy? <laughs> but I did play golf. <laughs> Great golf courses there. That's one place that's got some good golf courses. You guys huh? need to do a live recording in Hawaii. I, I am. Think that's yes. Julie, our producer, has already said she is signing up. We are going to do our next podcast at LNL Barbecue. All right. Bring my grilled yes. cheese over. All right. Before we go, before we go we're going to do Branded Quickfire, Branded Quickfire Kentucky Edition. Are you ready? I'm going to yes. ask you five lightning round questions. Jeez. Oh, yes. First thing that comes to your mind. Okay. Mint julep or bourbon on the rocks? Mint julep. Favorite Kentucky-born celebrity. Is it Mr. George Clooney? Johnny Depp, Diane Sawyer, or Ashley Judd? George Clooney. I agree with that, George Clooney. I think he owned a pig one day, Jimmy. I think he had a pig. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but he had a pig. Do you visit Kentucky for the Derby or the Bourbon? Derby. Jimmy goes both. Jimmy's like, I go first Bourbon. I go for the Derby. I stay for the Bourbon. bourbon. <laughs> True or false? Post-it notes were invented and produced right here in Kentucky. Post-it notes. True. It is true. How did you oh. know that you like such conviction? I don't, I don't know. It's so random. If it, if it was false, I'd be so random. It'd be like <laughs> true. It was like true. I mean, who would ever? I feel like I was. I, th- I thought it was like three M in Minnesota did a post note. I gotta. I gotta fact check Julie on that one. There. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all right, here Julie, we, I trust. Challenge Jimmy Ride. Jimmy, stand up. If you were to challenge Jimmy. <laughs> okay, we're going to Churchill Downs. The three of us. Okay. Yeah. We're all gonna get on horses. We are going to have a horse race. Who are you beating in that horse race, Jimmy or I? Both of you. You why you be both of us? You are good. You're a good jockey. I'm not, but I'm. I'm you're feeling com- very confident <laughs> yeah, today. She's competitive. At least it's like I said it. I mean, I lost a Panera yeah. question. You're idiots. I'll beat you both. The, yeah. I like it. <laughs> Like she was like Alicia was convicted conviction about the post-it notes conviction about beating us. Both. Yes, both. she didn't. She didn't stutter. She didn't pause. It's like you challenge Jimmy. I'll beat you both. I don't both. Know. I was thinking like maybe <laughs> maybe she's. Better than I didn't know it was an either or question. Sorry. Yes, yeah, well, I, you both. I am psyched. Already, Julie. Julie is our producer. Has already said she's booked her flights. <laughs> so she has booked her flight to Hawaii, and you don't have to give us a reason to go. I love it. We are super excited to get to know you. Thank you so much for doing our podcast. And by the way, Jimmy, I don't know if you saw this, but this is the only guest who's ever brought us treats from Hawaii. I mean, look at this. These are macadamia nuts covered in chocolate 
and even maybe caramel. I don't know if there's caramel in there, but it's chocolate covered macadamia nuts. Jimmy, I'm you know what that you know what that screams? Good person and hospitality. 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 I love this. Alicia, thank you so much for doing the podcast. And I'm gonna give Alicia, Alicia thank a, you. a branded delicious hat. Thank you. Nice. Thank you so much. Alicia, thank you awesome. so much. Thank you. Dutch Bistro is an all-in-one POS and restaurant management system. That's a all-in-one point-of-sale restaurant management system that makes running a restaurant easier, super easy, providing the most essential front-of-house and back-of-house and guest engagement solutions all on one powerful platform. Dutch Bistro helps restaurateurs streamline and simplify their operations, allowing them to spend less time manually connecting the dots and more time connecting with guests and growing their business. That's right, more time connecting with guests and growing their business. Built to meet the unique needs of the restaurant industry, Touch Bistro, it's fast, it's reliable, and it's easy to use. And it has all the features restaurateurs need to increase sales and deliver a great guest experience. And, and listen to this, it saves you both time and money. You want to learn more about Touch Bistro? You want to learn more? Visit touchbistro.com. That's touchbistro.com. And you will learn everything you need about one of the greatest point-to-sale systems ever to come to the market. I encourage everyone to go visit touchbistro.com. And uh, if you want to email us, just email us at podcast at brandonstrategic.com and we'll make a direct introduction to the folks at Touch Bistro. We will go right to the CEO. Samir is the CEO. We will connect you to the CEO. That's the kind of service that Touch Bistro has. So I implore everybody, check out Touch, Touch Bistro, everybody.